0: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm just very grateful to be with you today. And every week, I think about, you know, Lord, what is the message that you want to deliver today, and. I, I just want to be used for his glory. Is that okay? I think it's okay. Um, I've been doing this for quite a while now. And when I was first asked to do it, I was thinking, how, how am I going to fit this in? What am I going to talk about? What am I going to call it? And here we are, 13 and a half to 14 years in, and I'm still having material. Isn't that amazing? Because life just keeps on happening. Isn't that amazing that life just keeps happening? And since we're winding down or winding our tying up with a big red bow, uh getting near the end of the season and the end of the year. In the business world, we look at our numbers to say, okay, what months were good, what months weren't good. We look at, you know, where the dips were and where the, the expanding was and um we're asking ourselves, okay, what did we do right? What would what can we improve upon? And isn't that same isn't that, doesn't that apply to our personal life? It, it applies to everything we're doing is evaluating and identifying what we're doing, how we're doing it, what's working, what's not working. And I don't know about you, but for me, um, I feel the Lord has been pruning me. He's, you know, He's been like, why me, God? You know, that's a question I ask, but then I realized later that He's, He's, He's trying to mold me. He's trying to, um, prepare me for the next assignment. He has an assignment for each one of us. You know, you might not realize it yet, but everything that has happened to in your life, everything that you've gone through is a story. It's a message and God can make, make our messages, excuse me, our messes, messages. So now when something happens, I evaluate my part in that. You know, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And I'm also wondering what the lesson is that God wants to teach me. And hopefully I'll be a good steward and I'll be a good student and I'll learn the lesson so I don't have to keep suffering. I don't have to keep feeling this pain uh, that comes with, you know, rebuke or comes with pruning because pruning is growth. I have a a uh, grapevine. And it looks so dead sometimes. I'm thinking, man, I didn't water it enough, and it just looks dead. And it's just docile, and there's nothing happening. It's just there. And then all of a sudden, spring comes, and uh, blooms start to happen. The leaves start to grow, and all of a sudden, it's something. But I realized I had to call a person who, you know, grows grapes, and I had to ask him, you know, when is the best time to cut back, and how far, how wide well, how much do I prune this to where we can bear better fruit? And there's an education in this. And we have to ask ourselves, are we being pruned? And why do we get pruned? And that's a subject of today is pruning for growth and practical application. In John 15, 2, 2, he cuts away every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, but he trims clean every branch that does produce fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. You know, when people ask me, you know, hey, do you know so-and-so? And they'll say, is that person a Christian? And it's not for me to judge, just like it's not for you to judge. But it does say in the Bible that they will be known by their fruit. So I always look at a person by their fruit. You know, what, what is their life saying about them? And so when I look at my life and you look at your life, what is your life saying about you? Do you have fruit or are you continually getting pruned? And what is the message that God's trying to reveal to you? What could this mean in our modern day? Context this is hard. To understand, because many of us are not trained to tree pruning. Today we will talk about this. The Bible verse has powerful imagery from the Gospel of John that serves as a great reminder of the importance of eliminating unfruitful aspects of our lives for increased spiritual productivity. Do you want increase? Do you want to be productive? I will tell you that I desire To maximize every minute, I desire to be productive. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste other people's time. I'm focused on intention. I'm focused on what can bring more fruit. When I gain more, then I can give more. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as I build, I can give more. Even though this had a lot of meaning in the past to us, it can be hard to understand. There can be situations in your lives where we are missing key information and could really use some context. Is that true in your life? Sometimes you get a piece of something and it's not enough information. There's not enough context. Jesus uses the imagery of a vineyard to illustrate the relationship between him, the true vine, his father, the vine dresser, or the gardener, and the disciples, which would be you and myself, as the branches. John 15.2, with its metaphor of the vine and branches, holds timeless principles that resonate for our modern lives. Here are ways in which we can apply this. Are you ready? One, spiritual growth through pruning. If you assessed, personally, if you assessed you right now, if you said, are you a spiritual being, where would you say you are from 1 to 10? What would you what number? What number would you give you in your spiritual walk? In our lives there there may be aspects that stop spiritual growth or distract us from our faith. John 15 encourages us to engage in self-reflection and allow God to prune away these setbacks leading to spiritual maturity. What can you cut away? that is taking up too much time in your life. What can you cut away? Let's evaluate that. Evaluate your life. Reflect on what's working, what's not. And then number two, the importance of connection. See, the Sue Free Show is the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And when I was thinking about my show and what I'm going to talk about and what do I stand for, what does God want me to stand for, what are my gifts that he gives me? And I pursue. I pursue people. I pursue um, goals that are set. I pursue God's love, and I want to understand. I want to pursue knowledge, and knowledge is the spiritual knowledge and the emotional contact. Uh, context of what's happening so that I can be sensitive and discerning on next steps for people, especially people. It's relationship. Our God is a relational God and he wants you. He wants a relationship with you. Are you going to give that to him? Are you open to what he has for you in your life? Just as the branches must stay connected to the vine to bear fruit, We need to maintain a close relationship with Christ in our fast-paced and often distracted modern lives. The connection is nurtured through prayer, studying the Word, and intentional communion with God. When was the last time you intentionally made time for God? Now, for me, I can say that I make time every day. It might not be much time, but I am aware That I need to make time for him. I need to open up a silent time for him to speak to me. And I have to be aware of it and intentional in making that time available. You could say, oh, I went to church last Sunday or I went to church two years from now or, or before. And your spiritual walk will reflect how much time and energy you put towards this not really a task, but this endeavor. It's just like our money. You know, how much time do we spend investing or thinking about how to bring in more money? And the more focus on how we're going to get this and how we're going to increase our bank account, uh, the more time we spend on active um, roles in getting this done is going to reflect on the outcome. Same with our spiritual walk. What's the investment? What's your intentions? And if you focus on those, I guarantee you, you're going to experience more that what he has for you. The more time you spend with him, the more time you're going to be more aware of what's going on around you. There's so many times we miss the mark. There's so many times I miss the mark. And things could happen much, much differently if I would Be more aware every minute of every day. He says to to prayer without ceasing and give thanks in all things. Do we really, really, really do that? Does he mean really every minute in all things? Yes, he does. And the more we're focused and intentional on these things, the better off our life will be. Number three is continuous transformation. You will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What exactly does that mean? If you're tuning in right now and you're not aware that there is a website that you can go to and get information and other podcasts and radio shows, there is... It's called The Sue Free Show, and you go to Sue Free's, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. When you go there, there is so much information. I have new headsets, and they're going in my ear, and they're popping out, and I just don't have it right yet. But that's okay. We'll get this figured out. And it was a nice gift that Craig, uh, the person that's in charge of E. Cola termites advertising and in charge of how this is going, uh, I just thank you, Craig. I'm giving you a public thank you for taking such good care of Sufri's. Continuous transformation. When do we stop growing? Never. God's pruning is a process of continuous transformation. Embracing change and allowing God to work in our lives means being open to personal growth, learning, and adapting to new circumstances in a world that is constantly evolving, you know, it's constantly evolving. And so are we, we do not stay the same, we are changing all the time. We are. And uh, if we're not, it's a sad state of affairs, because we need to be changing. We have to change, we need to get better, though. I don't want to change for the worse. There is that. You know, I've heard people say, Oh, that person's changing for the worse." Well, that's a terrible thing to say. But it's a terrible thing for that to be the obvious conclusion. So when we're changing, we need to be – we don't have to. I need to be evaluating how I can be better in any given moment. When I – we had a show on response versus reaction, uh, responding or reacting. And that was such a good show because it, it affects so many people because we sometimes react and we don't think. But if we have the mind of Christ, if we have that breath moment, it causes us to just take a second to take a breath. And as long as there's breath, there's hope. Who doesn't want to be more productive in their lives? Is that you? Do you not want to be productive? More productive? I do. I want to be more productive. The emphasis on bearing fruit highlights the importance of a purposeful and productive life. In our contemporary context, this can mean actively engaging in acts of kindness, serving others, and making a positive impact in our communities. On Sunday, I was invited to a birthday party for an 81-year-old mom. And her daughter's birthday is the same exact day. I've never heard of such a thing where a daughter and mom share a birthday. It's very special and very uncommon, wouldn't you say? And I have to tell you that, um, they had a dinner that was just, everything was just so perfect. The centerpiece, the napkins were, were folded into Christmas trees. Um, the the meal, of course, was sensational. And as I left, there was a orange, and I'm going to show you in the camera an orange that was wrapped in cellophane, and it had a little scroll on it, and they said, "Please read the story." So I'm going to read the story. And then I'll continue on with the lesson because it goes right along with kindness. It goes right along with serving others and making it a positive impact. So are you ready? This was the scroll that was on the orange on my table as a takeaway from the meal that was just sensational. And I'm so grateful to have been able to partake in this meal and this relationship, this family. It was a very special time and I will remember it forever. So here's the story, and it's a little long, so I apologize, but not really. And hopefully I can get through it. Are you ready? Jake was nine years old, and for as long as he could remember, he lived within the walls of an orphanage. He was one of ten children supported by what meager contributions the orphan home could obtain in donations from local townspeople. Throughout the year, there was very little to eat. But at Christmas, there always seemed to be a little bit more than usual. The orphanage seemed a bit warmer and there was time for holiday enjoyment. But most importantly, there was the Christmas orange. Christmas was the only time of year that such a rare treat was provided and it was treasured by each child. They each enjoyed their very own orange and prized it as they savored each juicy section. It was truly the light of their Christmas and the best gift of the season. Jake had been looking forward to his Christmas orange all year. On Christmas Eve, Jake snuck out of bed to see if he could see Santa Claus bringing the Christmas orange. He was caught. It was too late and there was nothing he could do to avoid swift and grim punishment. The headmaster was very stern, and he thought Christmas to be a bother. Jake had been curious, but broke the rules. He would not be allowed his Christmas orange. It was the only gift that he would have received from the harsh world he lived in. Now, after a year of waiting, it would be denied him. Tearfully, Jake pleaded to be forgiven, but to no avail. He felt hopeless and totally rejected. Jake cried into his pillow all night and spent Christmas Day feeling empty and alone. He felt that the other children did not want to be with a boy who received such a cruel punishment. Perhaps they feared that he would ruin their day or feared that he would ask for a little of their oranges. He spent the day upstairs alone in the unheated dormitory. Bedtime came, but Jake could not sleep. How could he say his prayers? How could he be a, How could there be a God in heaven that would allow a little soul such as he to suffer so much by himself? Silently he sobbed as he prayed both for himself and all others like him. As Jake climbed back into bed from the cold, hard floor, a soft hand touched his shoulder, startling him. He was surprised when an object was silently placed in his hands. The giver disappeared into the darkness, leaving Jake with what he did not immediately know. Looking closely at the object in his hand in the dim light, he saw what looked like an orange. Not a regular orange, smooth and shiny, but a very special orange. Inside a patched-together peel were segments of nine other oranges. Together, they made one whole orange for Jake. The other nine children in the orphanage had each donated one segment of their own precious orange to make a whole orange for Jake. The nine orphans are an example of the true meaning of Christmas. This simple act of kindness is the Savior's way to bless and bring comfort to those we come in contact with. It illustrates that an ordinary act with a giving heart can lighten the burden of another. May the spirit of this holy season of Advent bring you blessings so that you may live and serve in ways to glorify the Lord. Oh, boy, when I read this, I read this on the drive over. Um, Craig was driving, and we both, you know, kind of teared up. What a wonderful, wonderful story. So getting back to balancing priorities. Modern life often bombards us with numerous commitments and distractions. John prompts us to evaluate our priorities recognizing that certain branches activities or pursuits may need pruning to ensure we are focusing on what truly truly matters adapting to challenges just as a skilled gardener adapts pruning techniques to different branches we too must adapt to the challenges and trials life presents john 15 encourages resilience and trust that even in difficult times god is at work refining and shaping us i don't have much time for the ha- first half of this show and i just wanted to share something that i'm realizing that there's a lot of loss this year maybe more than than normal and and maybe this has hit you and it's a tough time, isn't it? The holidays, if you're in a broken marriage, if you're in a broken home, if if there's loss, somebody has died that's close to you. I've had a death that was very close to me. Uh, my mother-in-law, and she died recently, and she was just a wonderful impact in my life, a godly woman who just um, – I just I can't even believe she's gone, but she is gone. But her life lives on, her testimony lives on. She's in a much better place, and I know that she's definitely in heaven. And I am doing whatever I can, and because I am a believer, I believe I will see her again, and I am looking forward to that so much. My mother in law, um, my, uh, had twins. And one of the twins died right after being born, and she has always been so saddened. Like, could she have done different? Could she have done done something different? Could she have done something more? And it just—it really pained her. Even though we know and she knows, she did everything she could and what she knew. But now she's back with—I mean, I'm sure that they've been reconciled, and it's—that's a wonderful thing. What can you do differently when you assess your life? What could you do different? What could you do better? Are there changes you need to make to be intentional on this life that we're living, this journey that we call life? What can we do different and better that's going to make us better and impact those that we love? Impact, we come in contact, you know, those that we come impact in, in contact with. We need to. I hope we want to, we desire to, impact in a positive way. I desire that, you know, and my children were put in my care for a time, and my grandchildren were put in my care for a time. And I don't take that lightly. I feel that I did the best I could, that they were a priority in my life, and them understanding and knowing the Lord is a reflection of the life that I led and taught, is that God is, they know God. They know God because I showed them God. And I explained to them, and I read the Bible, and I took them to Awanas, and they did go to church. Train them up in the way they shall go, and they will not depart from it, is the promise from God. And I am reassured that no matter what is going on, that he has a direct line to my children. And as long as I have breath, and even after that with my radio show, I'm leaving a legacy for my grandkids and their great-grandkids and all of that because I want to speak into their lives. While I'm here, I want them to know by my hugs, by my smile, by my affirmations in my words, I want to impact them in a positive way. I want them to know who they are in Christ. And that is there for you. You impact others with your heart, with your words, with your physical touch, your affirmations, by spending time with them. I want you to just realize this, that every moment counts and that you need to be intentional. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. If there's an empty seat at your table or make an empty seat at your table, be a blessing. God bless you and we will be back with part two right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard? Or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of E. Termite Pest Control. But you can call me the termite lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at E. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in.
0: Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to breathe by author Sue Freeze. Available on Amazon or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's Sue, F-R-I-E-S.com, SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. And we've been on the air for a very long time, and Ecola has been the sponsor. If you'd like to sponsor this show, we'd love to talk with you. How do you do that? You connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word dot com. Go there, and uh, we can talk. Just email me. I'm the only one that reads it. And then, um, you know, we can talk, and I'll help you any way I can so that you can uh, bring your message home. And once it's working for you, which I believe it will, then we can, um, I will connect you with a rep so that you can get more help in that regard. So part one of this, we were talking about being intentional. We're talking about pruning and reflecting over our lives because, you know, it's the end of the year and some people like to do New Year's resolutions. And sometimes just, you know, I think reflecting on where we are and where we want to go is important to our process. And as we do this, it's just going to help us be better people and focus on what we can do something about. I think it's, uh, for me, I'm a maximizer. You know, every minute counts for me and I only have so many minutes in a day. So do you. And I want to make the most of every minute and I want to enjoy life and I want to make sure that when I'm in contact with somebody that I have done something to help them feel better about who they are um, or do a little loving correction. You know, that tough love things does happen uh, in the workplace and in my personal life. You know, respect is a big deal. Uh, treating people with respect is a really important thing. And I think it's important that we respect one another. Um, I trust I tell people this when I hire them, when I'm talking to them is I will trust you and respect you until you give me reason not to. Once you give me a reason not to, then then that changes things for me. But I I bring everybody in at the same you know area, and I say, um, you know, your character will show up, and your character is your integrity is our number one core value at our company, Cola Termite. And so, um, I think it's important that we're dependable. I think it's important that our word is our word. I think it's important that we have integrity. At the end of the day, it's what you end with, you know, is your integrity. And anybody that's messing with my integrity, I'm going to fight that tooth and nail because I think it's important that we stand for something. Do you stand for something? Do, what do you stand for? And uh, make sure that people understand this is where you are. This is your your line in the sand. You know, um, people that know me, they know that, you know, I'm not someone that really likes foul language. I'm not somebody that likes to waste a lot of time talking about nothingness. I like to talk about things that matter with people who care. And maybe that's you. Uh, maybe you just like the fluff. you know everybody has their own thing. God created us all different, but understand we all bleed the same. So um, fulfilling our unique purpose is getting into what we were talking about is is the branch the branch in the vineyard has a specific purpose. It's to bear fruit. We are here. We need to bear fruit. John 15 suggests that each of us has a unique calling and purpose in our modern lives. Discovering and fulfilling this purpose requires staying connected to the source of our identity and strength, which is Christ. What is your calling? And here's the conclusion from part one, because I didn't have enough time, is that 15, John 15 challenges us to live intentionally, remaining connected to Christ— and allowing his transformative work to shape us into individuals who bear the fruits of love, joy, peace, and service in our modern-day context. So if you evaluate, do you have love? Do people feel loved? Do you love others? Do you have joy? Not happiness, but joy, the true inner, the joy of the Lord be your strength. Because even in circumstances, we can still experience joy. How about peace? Do you have peace in your life or you have high anxiety? Are you totally always stressed out or is there peace? Now, I will tell you that depending on the level of what you're dealing with, You know, people say, well, I don't see the peace in you. I don't see the peace in you. And I'm like, okay, if you were dealing with what I'm dealing with, no matter how much, God is there. And I know that victory is mine, just like victory is yours, because he tells us that victory is ours. Even though we're still fighting this battle, we have this battle, and we have to do our best to fight the battle well. Right? Well done, good and faithful servant. We still have a purpose and a reason and we have to stand for something. So even in that there's going to be stress. And with stress it will up there's some upheaval on the peace that we feel right now, but it's temporary and I know it's temporary. And I know that it will leave and I know that I will get back to that peaceful arena. But there are times when we, when we have to rev it up a little bit. And that's okay. And then service in our modern day context are we servicing? The story I had in part one was talking about a little boy that was in an orphanage, and all he got for Christmas was an orange. It's an orange story, and I read it. And the first, I, I really recommend that you go back if you didn't hear part one, and listen to the story about the orange. And but he talks. I mean, he the story is about all the orphans come together and take one of. Their pieces of their orange, a slice of their orange, and gives to this child that doesn't have an orange. And it, and because there were nine, there were nine slices in the orange, and therefore he had a full orange. And it was a really, really delicate and heartfelt story, and I just love it so much. So, how do you want to live intentionally today? My favorite, favorite verse in the Bible. It's one that I've circled in my Bible saying my funeral. It's, it's the verse that I want to be spoken at my funeral, and it's Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. When I read that, I was in a different place I am now, but I have to tell you that was years and years and years ago that I circled that, that I want it to be the, the scripture that I stand for. It's the Bible verse that I just love because I was going through a lot of reflection. I was in a therapy home, and I thought I was going in for three days. That's a story for another day, but I, I had – Um, A lot of things happened in my childhood, and because of these things that went in my childhood, some of them were secrets that nobody knew. In fact, one of them I didn't even know because God protected me from the pain of really knowing what happened. But during this time in this safe place, full of God and full of godly people, he allowed me to be peeled back one layer like an onion, one layer at a time, to reveal to me the things that had happened, the trespasses that had happened to me and the people that trespassed against me. And during that time, I was also searching. I was searching for, you know, the whys weren't as important as getting the healing I needed to understand that I was worthy to receive God's love. And you might be in a place right now where you don't feel worthy to receive what God has for you because you have a secret or because you just keep beating yourself up. And the, the shame that you feel and the unworthiness of receiving love is so strong. And you know, those are lies from the devil that God will receive you right where you are and he loves you no matter what. His grace is sufficient for you because it definitely was sufficient for, for me. He gave me grace. He sent his son to die in your place and in my place. So that we could receive God's love, forgiveness, grace, and salvation. To be able to stand or sit the right hand of our Father. And that He is the advocate for us. And He created us in His image. So that you can live a life full of love and joy and peace. Do you want that? And how bad do you want it? That's something I'm asking people right now is, do you know what you want? Do you know what God wants for you? But do you know what you want? Because how can you fight for something you don't even know what it is? How can you go towards a goal and you, don't, you, don't, you can't visually see the goal? You can't. So the start of this new year is a time to evaluate where you are. When you're in a roadmap, right, you have where you want to go. The map is in front of you and you're going, I want to go there. And then you go, well, in order to get there, i got to know where I am. So when you go to Disneyland or you go anywhere and there's a map, even the shopping mall has a map, right? And you want to get to that store, and you got to find out where you are right now to figure out, do I turn left, do I turn right, is it four doors down? But you have to know where you are, where you want to go, and then you can have a plan to get there. In our lives, it means the same thing. Do you know what you want? Do you know where you want to go? And if you do, then it's baby steps to get there. And I'm hoping and praying that when you say, Search me and know me, O God, that when he reveals things to you, that you welcome the revelation so that you can be what God, the purpose, the unique purpose that he created you for, that you can live that out. That is a wonderful thing. I am so excited for you right now. I am so happy inside my spirit. Because I feel this message, if you receive this, if you allow yourself to take this in and you really receive what God has for you, you're going to understand just how much, just how much he loves you. And that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, the choices you made, that you can be washed clean, white as snow, and start fresh today with a new beginning for your future. So enough of this beating yourself up, enough of this shame, enough of this unworthiness. We need to let that go because God already has. And if you have unforgiveness in your heart for somebody that has done something wrong to you, here's the message that that God wants me to reveal to you is that you're not hurting them. They could care less. You're not hurting them. The only person that you're hurting is you. Your soul is bleeding. It's wanting so bad to be healed. So, you got to pull that root out, pull the root out, and let it go. Let it out. Pray for that person. I know. Are you kidding me right now? But yeah, pray forgiveness. And you will make a mental choice, and your heart will follow. It's not the other way around. Because as long as you feel like you can't forgive them, you're right. What you believe, you will achieve. And let me just tell you that you can make this mindset difference. If financially you're not where you want to be, you're in control of this. You're in control to change your life. And the only way you're going to do it is by changing your mindset. Just don't don't focus about what has happened in the past. It's in the past. There's not much you can do about it. Okay? What can you do something about? What do you have control over? Focus on those things. And ask the Lord to guide you in every minute, every step. Ask him to guide you, and he will do that. He will guide you, and he loves you. He sent his only son to die in your place. Okay, someone doesn't do that unless they love you a lot. And someone doesn't do that unless they value you a lot. When I got a hold of this, it changed me forever. The tears just streamed down, and I just, it was a new eye eye awakening. It was an awakening for me that instead of me being ashamed and feeling unworthy of just how much value God placed on my heart and my head, and I thought, wow, if if he did that for me, then it's my responsibility to pay it forward. It's my responsibility to let other people know that this is here for them too, and it's here for you. Verse 23:24, David is begging for God to search and know his heart. This reflects a desire for God's guidance, purification, and alignment with divine will. Are you aligning yourself with God's will today? Do you ever get anxious? Well, this verse talks about the very normal feeling of anxiety. The mention of testing anxious thoughts suggests a moment of self-examination and a sincere request for God's intervention. In matters of the heart and mind. The psalmist's plea echoes our need for self reflection, inviting God to identify and remove unfruitful aspects within us. Do an inventory. Do an inventory of what you do every day. Just take one day, take an inventory of what you do, the thoughts that go through your mind. Where you're putting your feet, where you're putting your hands, what you're saying out of your mouth. Is it edifying or is it complaints? Are you complaining about this or that or are you looking for the good? Are you looking for how you can help, how you can serve? Good stuff. Really good stuff. What is something you can let go of and give to God today? Psalm 139 holds timeless truths and spiritual principles that are applicable to our modern lives. So let's dive into what they are, self-reflection and authenticity. Okay, I do this every day. When you can find the time today to pray and ask for guidance, inviting God into every aspect of life, do you like to invite God into every part of your life or just some areas? The psalmist's plea extends to every anxious thought and way, signifying a desire for God's presence in every aspect of life. Inviting God into our daily routines, decisions, and challenges fosters a sense of divine guidance and purpose. God does not want to be a long-distance friend. He knows every thought you have and wants to help you through every struggle you face. No matter how big, how small— he wants to be part of your life. He wants to have a relationship with you. You are listening to The Sue Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. I want you to connect with me. How do you do that, you ask? I'm so glad you asked. How you do that is you go to the Sue website, and there is a way to email me. And you can email me um, anything you want to, you know, a prayer request, a prayer Uh, an answer to prayer or resources that you might need, just anything that you're needing. Connect with me, would you please? I love connecting. i like to know who's listening. This is a one-way conversation. God's in control of the conversation, and I would like to hear your side. I want to hear you. And you might have a story that would be really, really good for our listeners to hear, because God makes messages out of our messes, does he not? So are you open to transformation, the prayer for God to test and lead reflex and openness to divine correction and transformation? Our lives are filled with various influences, and a humble openness to God's guidance ensures that we are continually growing in alignment with His will. The acknowledgment of anxious thoughts resonates with the struggles of modern life, where stress and anxiety are prevalent. Turning to God in prayer and entrusting our worries to Him is a timeless practice that brings peace and assurance. Are you in need of peace, boy? I don't know about you, but I think peace is something we all should be savoring and uh, you know going after regularly. The ultimate aim of the psalmist's prayer is to be led in the way of everlasting life, reflecting a commitment to live in alignment with God's will. In our modern lives, this translates to seeking purpose, meaning, and internal values, rather than being solely focused on temporal concerns. Why do temporary things keep us up at night? No matter what it is, let God bring you the kind of peace and meaning that you cannot find anywhere else. Psalm 135 explains the intimacy between the individual and God. The study of his word contributes to our spiritual resilience. What is spiritual resilience? What is it? It is being about to still be positive when the circumstances are showing to be getting worse. Have you ever had that? Where you're being positive, but things are getting worse. It is being able to praise God when he seems so far away The act of inviting God to examine the heart reflects a humble acknowledgement of our limitations and a recognition of God's omniscience. In the modern pursuit of success and achievement, cultivating humility before God helps maintain a balanced perspective. You know, I, I, I just have to stop here because I am very attracted to humility. When a person is explaining something or something and said, You know, they say, oh, you know, I just don't think I have a sense of humor or I, or, you know, I just, I don't feel I'm really strong in this area. They show a a humility that is just so special and it, it kind of makes me want to help that person along. You know, it's like I want to come alongside that person because they have humility in this area. As leaders, we, we tend to feel so much that we have to have the answer all the time. Pastors, people look to pastors for the answers. But, you know, we don't always have the answers, do we? And sometimes it's really difficult for people that are put in positions of leadership to ask for help. But I have to tell you, some of my favorite times is when I'm, I'm humble and I have people that come alongside and help me. I just feel so fortunate to be able to have people that desire to want to walk alongside and, and work with me. And we do this together together. It feels so much better than the, the loneliness of being somebody that needs to make these decisions and not always favorable. You know, when you're in, in a position of leadership, you have to look at the big picture. And sometimes the people are looking at their picture. They're looking at what matters to them. What's in it for me? But as a leader, as somebody that's overseeing a lot of people, and then customers and all of the things the the mini plates that are being um spun it's very difficult to communicate well the reason why you're making decisions the way you are and some people trust you and some people are are questioning everything and it's just really important that uh you know we we are true to who we are and that we're following what God's lead and if i do that then I feel like I'm in the right lane. I'm, I'm, I'm treading down the right lane to do what God's will is for, for my life. And it really helps in decision making and how I handle a situation, how I present a case to a person. It really helps when we feel that we're on the same page, go in the same direction. We want the same things. It's just a matter of figuring out the best way to get there. And God's way is the best way. And if we narrow that lane to say, okay, we want to do what God wants us to do in marriage. We want to do what God wants us to do in parenting. We want to do what God wants to do in our business. If we stay in that lane, it's going to be a lot easier and less anxious and more peaceful than any other way. If we try to fix all our problems, it is easy to get burnt out. Trust God with that responsibility and humble yourself before the throne. Conclusion. uh, Psalm 139 encourages us to bring the reality of our lives before God, seeking his guidance and embracing the transformative power of his presence. This timeless wisdom provides a foundation for navigating the complexities of our modern world with faith purpose and authenticity. So the great cloud of witnesses, the metaphor of running a race shows the Christian's journey as a challenging, but purposeful endeavor. Think about your race. How are you running it? Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Look for opportunities to, to bring those blessings, especially along the holidays, but every day, right? Every day. So be a blessing each and every day. Share this show with somebody. And uh, if there's an empty seat at your table, enjoy them, and bring them in for dinner. Would you please do that? God bless you. Until later. Bye.
0: Ah, It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home. Your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters. Even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. termite, and pest control services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects.